Everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 50, the big 5-0 here on Justified Pursuit. As always, my co-host, riding shotgun, the counselor, my longtime friend of all, dude, we're getting old, it's like 20 years now, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chisholm Cook. Episode 50, man. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. We're just past the, the year mark. I think we stood our first in like August. So we've had a few weeks there where we didn't crank something out, but yeah, 50 feels on the back. 50 feels like a milestone <laughs> for our, I don't know. I wonder how many people listen to the show. Uh, it seems yeah, like we, we probably really ought to get on figuring out that, how to, how to track that sort of thing. <laughs> At least we're back on Spotify now as we, yeah. we just like, and apologies to everyone who listened on Spotify. We, we knew that we weren't on Spotify and Chisholm and I like, like real life got in the way and we're like, Hey, did you figure that shit out? No. Did you figure that shit out? Uh, no. Okay. Well they can listen on the website or on apple whatever so we apologize for that we're going to do better in the next 50 episodes yes some, <laughs> somehow in certain areas we'll find ways to do better okay well so last week hey. you had the uh come and take it cap on with the fly this week you've got like an ar on a camo cap i'm digging that this uh, would be black rifle coffee oh uh, yeah on the yeah, side yeah. yeah hell yeah uh yeah i uh i'm just gonna rotate uh through um my my most freedom loving caps uh let's talk a little bit about you, you've got a heavy heart this morning uh, yeah yeah so gotta, my a month ago bell who's like the i guess the mascot of the lone star outdoor show we're out chasing dove like you know she's 11 so that's yeah. a good life for a lab right I, it's like that definitely the beginning of very yeah. old age for a lab. the other one maverick who you knew in college very well or we, we each had dogs that kind of grew up together um he made it to 14 so i kind of maybe had that in my head like but that's right. a long time for a 100 pound that's really old for this lab. dog yeah. is 11 and still chasing birds like you know she's two and uh we came home from dove hunting first week of september we went like three or four times little drops of blood i started finding when i'd wake up in the morning like on her bed or something it's like oh maybe she got something stuck in her nose like she's picking she probably picked up 50 dove in two days and and dense brush you know and the dog's yeah. using her nose to find the birds and didn't think anything of it the thing persisted for like a month took her to the vet i was like hey this isn't we're not real concerned here but the dogs just had like i think something stuck on her nose like um something was stuck in her nose She'd be sneezing. You know, if yeah. you're a person, think about if something was in your nose, you'd be trying to get it out. She'd be pawing at it. Yeah, I would imagine she'd be pretty frustrated. Like it's probably something more sinister. Here's some anti-inflammatories and just monitor it. Well, then Friday night, we went out to dinner, came home, and the dog got excited, got out of her bed to come say hi to the, the family when we got home. And just, dude, like, she sneezed, and it was like a knife fight scene, like blood everywhere. And, it, and then she'd sneeze again. And it was just like, I mean, like softball sized pools of blood shooting out of her right nostril. And uh, it was pretty scary. The, and the kids are like, what the hell is going on here? They don't know what it's, you know, nobody's ever seen this. The dog's just hemorrhaging blood out of her nose. Take her to the emergency vet. And they're like, well, 
we can try to get the blood, you know, clotted. So they did that, gave her some drugs or something, and we brought her home. And they're like, but you're going to need to get her nose scoped because there could be a tumor or something in there. So that's where I was this morning, taking her back to see the specialist. And uh, they're going to do a rhino or something, rhinoplasty. They're sticking a scope up her nose. Then they're taking x-rays, sedating her, all this shit. Dude, I was in for 1200 bucks before today. Now I'm going to walking out of the door today when I pick her up. I'll be in for like $4,500. And that's just to find out, you know, if it's cancer, we're yeah. not going to treat an 11-year-old dog. Like, then if you did that, and some people do, but by God, then you're like 11000 20000 How much, how deep down that rabbit hole do you want to go with a dog who's already made it to, like, just say 75 years old in human right. terms? Like, yeah. an elderly um, dog. I mean, right. legitimately 11 for a lab is an elderly dog. So there is still hope that it is a foreign object. Uh, because it, it, the time frame of when it started was just like, so right. she's dove hunting. Now she has this problem. So I'm fingers crossed on that. But at the end of the day, I, I think they're going to find a tumor in there. And if they do, then we'll make her comfortable for the last six months of her life. Or however, I assume this would be a, a pretty quick process with the type of cancer that um, I believe it could be. So anyway, um, that dog is, you know, my ride or die and. I love the first one, Old Maverick, but this dog's just, she's such a sweet, she's a, she's a, a princess and a proper lady. And I don't know. I hate my new dog. So it's got <laughs> tough. She's, she's got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> uh, thank God. Joe's at the trainer, little Jojo, our new chocolate lab. She's eight months, nine months. I don't know. It's not important. Don't like her. Don't care. She's at the trainer for the next year. And I can't, I don't miss her. Someone asked me the other day, how's Joe? So no, they said, how's your dog doing? And I said, bell, uh, they're like, no, the other one. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> She's at the trainer. I don't care. Uh, but to be fair, Joe's a sweet dog. Uh, but a pup. I, I have I'm three sure kids that Belle now. was a pain in the ass when she was. A pup I, yeah, too. but here's the difference is when you don't have kids, yes. you can spend all that time focusing on the dog. Right now. It's like, well, life never stops. We got soccer practice. We've got gymnastics. We've got going to friends' houses, birthday parties. Like, yeah. when do you actually have time to work with the dog? That's why the dog's going to the trainer for a full year. So, um, Joe will be fine. But yes, heavy heart. Hopefully, it's um, you know, hopefully it's that other thing. It's just some foreign object that she inhaled dove hunting. But you never know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're clearly we're both dog people. Yeah, I'm sure most folks identify themselves as dog people. But to your point about you know, you start having kids and I, I love these dinks, you know, dual income, no kids who call their pets, their kids. And like, they really think people are supposed to take them seriously. And it's like, that's not a child, bro. And if you had a child, you would understand that. Well, dog, if it's not a child, Jason. Why is it in a stroller and you're feeding it French fries? But also I literally saw this at a hamburger place, but the dog would not eat the French fry unless it was dipped in ketchup first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people are ridiculous. We had a similar conversation with Maverick. I think you had two knee replacements on that dog, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be damned by people or uh, condemned by people as, as just a cheap, hateful piece of crap. But I'm not spending well into four figures and certainly not coming anywhere near five figures on, honestly, even a young dog, let alone 
an older dog. What would you do though in this situation? If there's a possibility that there's something stuck in the dog's nose that can be removed, that's yeah, why it's the, that's the catch so, too. Right. If if there was if they were saying it's a coin flip chance, it's something in her nose versus a tumor that's going to require a you know brain surgery or, or whatever that would be a not non option. Like right, if it's right. a tumor that's you know malignant, we're, we're I'm sorry, sweetheart, right. we're done. Right, yeah. especially at that age. You know, again. I don't know, dude, maybe a four year. I don't know. It's hard to make decisions on things that you're not personally faced with. Right. But I, I can say, dude, 4,500 bucks is a lot of money. It would be a tough, tough decision for a dog that age. We faced a similar decision. Uh, it'll be about, I guess, four years ago this spring, our dog, our giant Labradoodle Ian, that dog had been there for all four of my children's birth. Um, I'm gonna get myself choked up talking about him. He was awesome, dude. The yep. sweetest giant beast. Despite what anybody might think, he was one hellacious retriever. I didn't get him in the field nearly enough, but when I did, he could he couldn't keep up with most labs because he just didn't have the balls to the walls mentality, but he could find birds that a Labrador couldn't find. And he just he would just slowly at his own pace just do his own thing and be showing up with birds that fell down in the grass that we had forgotten about, you know, and you know water retrieves and it just, and the way he was with our kids, man, they learned to walk by grabbing a hold of his curls and dragging themselves up, you know, and mm-hmm. it started going downhill probably about nine months before we put him down. Um, I know one night Ashley was out, we were still living in the woodlands and Ashley was out, I think with some, some girlfriends and uh, no, I think she was home. He had his chin resting on something. And he just started like shaking it. He had his chin like resting on like a yoga block or some, something on the ground, like laying there with his chin up and he, his head started just shaking like real, you know, violently on top of that thing. And both Ashley and I looked at him and I was like, what was that? And Ashley's like, maybe he was just scratching his chin. And I was like, that's not what that looked like to me. Uh-huh. And um, then I guess it was a couple of weeks went by and Ashley was out. I was in our nursery with our baby. And Riley and Charlotte, my older two, come running in there like, Dad, Dad, something's wrong with Ian. Uh, something just happened to Ian. And I, I don't know. I think I said something about a seizure. And Riley, she was watching this veterinarian show at the time. I can't even remember what it's called. Dr. Something or other. Your kids may have watched it. But it's like a kid's show. But it's like a real-life kind of docu-series following this veterinarian who's helping all kinds of animals with all kinds of problems, right? Mm. And Riley's super into vet stuff. And when I said... I think she might be having seizures. Riley goes, that's what it was. I know it was. I saw it on doctor, whatever the other day. <laughs> and um, so I took him to the vet and we, that, like I mentioned, like nine months earlier, I had taken him in and he was starting to have for like 18 months, probably he was having these things where he, he was clearly in pain. Yeah. His high, his, his hind end was getting really weak, getting skinny. Ashley patted him on the butt one time and he just like fell down some stuff like that. And, um, I think he was at that time 11 and, you know, during all this, I learned like labs really are like their, their average age of death is in the 11 to 12 range and a standard poodle, which for those who aren't aware, I'm talking the big poodles, right? Big, big dog. This dog was much bigger than a Labrador because of the poodle side. Um, they'll, they'll be like 12 to 13. So there's about a year and a half to two year gap. Poodles are expected to live a little bit longer. So if you average the two, somewhere around 12 was like really a nice long life for a big 90 something pound dog like him. And anyway, I'd had him in and the vet 
was like, you know, we, we, there's some painkiller, basically dog Tylenol. And he had this weird cough. Like Tramadol like heavy, or like, something? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was literally Tylenol, but for dogs. That's how he described it. But he also had this weird cough and they did some chest x-rays and found that, you know, his heart was a bit enlarged, which will cause this weird, just like, yeah, <laughs> sounding cough. And to your point about like, yeah, Maverick had that. yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty common as these dogs, bigger dogs age, especially, but to your point about how like kids changes everything, I, I felt Ashley and I both felt so crappy because the cough would annoy us. You know, here we have yeah. this old dog. that's like breaking down before our eyes. And like every little thing about him is becoming a nuisance. You know what I mean? And, and we felt bad about it. <laughs> right. Anyway, so we took him in. I took him in and the doctor gave You're us a horrible person, by the way. I feel like it just telling <laughs> this out loud. This is my repentance. So we gave him the Tylenol and some kind of cough medicine. And man, it brought him back to life for like a good six, seven, eight, nine months where, you know, I remember one day in particular, about two or three weeks after he started on the Tylenol. For some reason, he just like bolted down the driveway, like full sprint after somebody who pulled up, not in a mean way, like happy, right? Yeah. And just got like pet back in a step. He could get up and down the stairs. But the doctor told me, you know, this is going to be a Band-Aid, right? And he's yeah. like, he's at, a, at an age now where, you know, if you get to the point, I'll support whatever decision you need to make. And then so he had, I think it was three seizures, one that I saw firsthand and then one little incident. And then the one where the kids came running in. And, um, I went ahead and told him Ashley wasn't even there. I was like, guys, um, I think I know what this is. This generally only goes one direction. Um, and, and we're not going to ride this out until we find him like comatose on the floor with drool, right? Like we just, we're not doing that. And so I took him in the next day to the vet and the vet was like, yep, it's a 50, 50 chance. It's a treatable brain issue. Um, it it's, it's one of two things. One of those two things is terminal. We'll continue to progress. There's nothing we can do. It'll get worse and worse and worse until you show up one day. And he's, like I said, like incapacitated on the ground and you're carrying him in here. If it's this treatable brain condition, surgery is required. It's five grand. And that's when he was like, you know, I'll do whatever you think y'all need to do. And the dog's 12 years old. Right. At this point, he's like right shy of, yeah, like 11 and a half. You're already playing with house money there. That's right. Yeah. And, um, I basically let the family know, y'all, this is what we need to do. He's, you know, we could do this surgery and spend $5,000 that we could certainly use on things that our family really needs to extend this dog's life. What, mm -hmm. maybe another year? And who knows what happens with the surgery, right? What if the surgery gets botched and you end up putting them down anyway? Yeah. So got everybody to say their bias to him and put them down. It it's was the worst. Fun. Yeah. 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 But it's well, a real decision. Like, I, you know, I don't begrudge anybody for what decision they make. But, you know, when you talk, especially when you're talking about a dog of that age, you're in a unique situation, though, because I think. Oh, if, if, they were, if there wasn't a chance there nose. wasn't something stuck in her nose in the timeline of when this started happening, then. Right. We'd, oh, it's can't. There's there's something wrong with her nose. OK, it's probably cancer. OK, we're not going to treat that for five thousand dollars. Thank you. Right. Sorry, Bell. We love you. Yeah. We'll make you comfortable. And then that it is what it is. But I would. I would be like, I mean, because a month ago, the dog's chasing birds and she, she still right. has a lot left in the tank. If it's not cancer, then I feel like I owe it to, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't at least find out. So, um, on a happier note, how about that freaking buck I sent you the video of dude, that's a monster deer. I really did not recognize it right away. I was show. like, I think I saw that buck last year that he sent me, you know? And, yeah. 
Um, but uh, he's yeah. pretty. He's kind of a ghost. That's the only video I have of him. And yeah, but my least mates don't, don't listen to the show, way. so I'm not worried about. It, but I'm not sending them the video. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> they will have no idea because it's generally my blinds, my feeders, and they just get to hunt out of them. Uh, but I don't. They won't know this buck exists until I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, sending them a picture of me holding him right there. So sure was right there, right in the middle of broad daylight. I didn't catch the timestamp. When was he in there? Uh, it was like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, got as a, another as a, as a really picture dude, that's of him a, last night too. That's got to be a one seventy. That's a big, big deer. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. How many uh, acres is that place? Like two thousand seven hundred. Oh wow! Yeah. Man, I thought that was a couple thousand acres. Did you have another lease that was bigger? Uh, the place in Oklahoma was like a thousand, but hmm. you know how that went down. I was hunting there, and then I tried to drive my truck out, and the gates locked. I'm locked in the property. This is Oklahoma's <laughs> ass backwards. The pro- the I was called the landowner. Hey, uh, I forgot his name. Old guy. Say, like, hey, dude. I'm like, did you change the lock while I was in here hunting? What's going on? He's like, oh no, the property sold, and the new owner put a new lock on there. I'm like, what? Sorry for you. I'm in here. Like, I'm, I'm I'm hunting. I've given you this money to be here. Like, what is going? Yeah, it was a it was a shit show. Um, on the run sheet for today, we've got. I want to start here because I find great humor in the fact that. Uh, no, no, you're smiling because you think I was going to say Kamala, but I'm going to say Southwest Airlines mm. pilots striking. I got a video. The most important story. Uh, the FBI thing's a big deal too, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, so no, um, one of the, last week, one of the dads on Henry's soccer team sent me a link to a vaccine mandate. He's a him and his wife both work for Southwest Airlines. He's like a uh, more of in the teaching realm, and she's a flight attendant. He's like, oh, I guess we got to get vaccinated, but he's like, I don't want to. This is bullshit. Um, so he sends me that, and then. A week later, here we are, and what is it? Twenty percent of the pilots are on strike. And, I, and the guy, another guy, sent me a video. He's on the airplane, and the it's a flight attendant because there's no longer a person of uh, authority on the plane because the captains have left. And the flight attendant is like, uh, "Apologies, but we no longer have a pilot. He's literally walked off of the airplane. So we're gonna try to find a new one, or we're gonna have to deplane." <laughs> Dude. Those men and love women are, are heroes, man. Like, have we talked about how these truck drivers in Australia had a, uh, briefly, I don't know if it was a countrywide or just like the state of New South Wales or whatever, which I think is where Sydney is. Um, but truck drivers, which Australians call truckies, uh, had a strike God, six weeks ago already, maybe even two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to this awesome clip of this you know, Australian truck driver explaining, I think it was on no agenda what they're doing. And he's like, it's not about us, mate. It's about everybody. It's about this. It's about our country is we're not going to stand for this. And we know we've got the power to shut the whole country down. And apparently there were rumors that the truck drivers of the United States were sort of conspiring something similar and it it didn't come to fruition. That was all before they're getting, they're making so much money right now that they don't want to do it because they're getting paid out the ass. A lot of them are working uh, overtime. Yeah, and they're they're just making the killing. That's what that's what I heard. But I, I heard think the that, same thing that you said about. I, I think they'll they'll reach a breaking point if this OSHA rule comes through. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But that there are, who it's needs not just, a vaccine more than a truck driver that's driving by himself for twelve hours at a pop? 
by himself in a truck, giving himself COVID? Yeah, I mean, what? I, I think the these airline pilots, I, I saw something earlier today, I think on Instagram, that was like a text that somebody had like shared out with one of these Southwest pilots who was saying, this isn't about us. This is about mm -hmm. the mandate concept. This is about stopping this authoritarian slide that we're seeing. And it's, it's going to take those kinds of organizations, man, because apparently nurses and doctors quitting by the hundreds and thousands uh, and, you know, the state of New York having to replace them with the National Guard uh, isn't enough to slow this roll. Um, so, yeah, so shut down travel and food supplies and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe the Biden administration will get a clue at that point. Maybe. Maybe. These Did I tell you last week that states? nurses are now making more than my wife? Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned, yeah, you mentioned I think you mentioned that on yes, the show. Yeah. It's insane. Like she yeah, went man. to school for three more years to make more money and now she's making less than nurses. Yep. Uh, Dude, I mean, it, I saw a poll this morning that said that, you know, uh, specifically among Republicans, the significant majority of, uh, supported uh, like vaccine encouragement at a federal level, but opposed vaccine mandates. And I think that's where anybody with a level head is that on it. You know, let everybody make their decision. You want to encourage everybody to get it push it as hard as you can but when you start mandating it that's when even people who have had it are like no i got a call this morning from a friend of mine a friend of mine since like seventh grade um that got covid this summer after we had and got pretty sick from it got sick enough that he called me right afterward you know he was like sick for two full weeks basically and it kind of rattled the crap out of him and he knows a guy our age that died in his community down near corpus uh, right at the same time. So he was kind of like, you know, I don't know. He, he called me and he was like, I think I might get the vaccine because I don't want to now. I, I know. I know. He's like, I think I might get the vaccine because I don't want this again. It was pretty scary. And I go, dude, I, you know, everybody's got to do what's right for themselves, but you need to do some research on natural immunity. And this was when the, you know, really the first studies about natural immunity were really starting to come out that were showing, you know, Initially, whatever shit hit the three, fan in three times, and yes, exactly. It was like right in that time frame. And so, if you were really I'm paying attention, booster shot, exactly. And his response was, "Yeah, but uh, we don't know how long it lasts." And I was like, "Well, we know how long the vaccine <laughs> immunity lasts—like not very long, four months, right?" <laughs> and um, but I, but you know, you can go back to like April of this year, and that Italian study came out almost. You know, it was like a year to the day from their April study of 2020 which had shown the average age of death was 80. Well, a year went by and they had studied a thousand or whatever uh, people who had tested positive and they still showed like some tremendous immunity like across the board a full year later. So we knew at least lasted that long. So I didn't like push it too hard with them. I was just like, dude, do, do some research. Uh, you're, you're more protected as a, you know, as a, um, you know, natural immune survivor than you are from the vaccine plus you have a higher likelihood of complications a four times higher likelihood according to the cdc of right. complications from being vaccinated after having had it then then you know you would be if you hadn't had the virus and a few weeks went by and i can't remember if i talked about it but megan kelly two weeks ago had a uh an uh episode of her podcast where she had two doctors on one I think himself was Israeli, but, uh, you know, is here in the States. And the other one was a uh, professor slash medical doctor at UC San Francisco. 
um, which I just found interesting because she's from San Fran, right? Which is a place where you would sort of expect a certain mindset on this thing. And she certainly wasn't anti-vax. She was there encouraging people to get vaccinated, but she was absolutely adamant that this requirement that you get vaccinated, even if you've had the vir virus is nonsensical because of all the data, right? And so she's the one, she, well, she, she pointed out that that Israeli study showed you were 27 times better protected from natural immunity than from the vaccine and all that stuff. She went through all the data that I'm familiar with from my own listening and research, right? Um, while also saying, if you're in these high-risk groups, et cetera, you should absolutely get the vaccine. But he called me at 8 a.m. this morning, and he was like, dude, I, I listened to that thing you sent me. Because I sent him the link and said, dude, just take a listen to this and see what these right. doctors are saying about it. And um, he was like, man, he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you now. He's like, I don't need these vaccines. Looks pretty clear that I'm pretty well protected. He goes, but the most damning thing I heard in that that I haven't heard y'all talk about. And, he, you know, he admitted he's like, he's like, I don't listen to every episode, but was that, um, you know, in Europe, they're not giving this these vaccines to kids. Anywhere. Like they're, they're not authorizing these things for children there. And there are state, there are countries in Europe that had, that are pulling their, their, I know Denmark and Sweden just last week, news broke. They will not give these vaccines to anybody. I think under the age of 18 or something like that because of the concerns of myocarditis that we've been talking about for months and months and months. And he goes, how is it that in our country, you've got the state of California ready to mandate vaccines on children, even though only 400 something kids have died from this thing in a year and a half going on two years now even though out of like 10 million that have tested positive and then there's out the of other, 70 something million total right like my kids who tested for antibodies but we never knew they had COVID. how i guarantee you if 10 million kids have actually gotten tested positive have gotten a positive right. result for this triple that for the right. amount that have had the infection and nobody did it a, a damn thing if, if a parent's like i have COVID, i've tested positive and my kids are showing symptoms why would you bother go getting them tested right like yeah. yeah, well, and, and he even said, he's like, my kids ended up with it. I, I don't know if they got it from him that then or, or at some other point, but he's like, they were literally, they had a mild fever for a day and right. kind of felt kind of crummy on day two. And then they were fine. And his girls are probably like 10 or 11 and seven, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, you know, he just, he was shocked that these two doctors were talking about how other parts of the world aren't doing this. Meanwhile, our media is telling us, trying to ram home the idea that that it's that, that the FDA any day now is going to approve this thing for five to 12 year olds. It's like, dude, they don't need it. Why are they we doing are not this? following the science, which is what they always they, they're, they're no. not they're, follow they're, the money. Dude, that's what this is about. Hypocrites. Yeah, we're the party of science. Follow the science. And you even see the president of the United States follow the science. He says it all over and over again. You're not doing anything that remote remotely resembles following the science on any of this stuff. You're suppressing 100%. the science is what you're doing, trying to make sure that the American public doesn't have the information. Yep. So, you know, sort of the upshot on all that Southwest Airlines has literally canceled. I think it's up to almost 1500 flights in the last four or five days. They're claiming the, the, the craziest thing, again, is the gaslighting. Oh, it's weather. Weather. How come right. you're the only airline in America that's having this problem? Weather yeah. seems to be, a, you know. I it, love all the sarcasm, airlines. sarcasm on social media. We're praying Dude. for Southwest Airlines that they can get through this weather event that's only affecting their airline. <laughs> the media is trying like hell to cover this up. Meanwhile, in Washington State, uh, they had to shut down their entire ferry system. You know, the, the Pacific Northwest ha it relies on ferry transportation. Uh -huh. Like, I believe you can get from Seattle to Vancouver 
on this like multi-hour ferry, right? And you can get to these islands. If you're off vaccinated, the coast. otherwise you can't go to Canada. Yeah, well, so the ferry driver, the ferry captains all uniform, you know, unanimously combined together to to strike and shut down the ferry system. Oh, it's not just these pilots for Southwest. There are disruptions for flights of you know beyond that because something like I think I heard 15,000 um uh, air traffic control personnel, so ATC personnel are striking because of the federal mandate, uh, because those are all basically federal employees, right? Um, they're striking out of out of the air traffic control towers too. So, dude, I've got to fly tomorrow, and I am not looking forward to getting stuck in Denver or Bakersfield on the way there or on the way back. Uh, but anyway, again, heroes. Like, everybody who is stepping up and saying, we're shutting this crap down, uh, heroes and you know what i, I read think, i think it's going to make a difference a lot uh like up maybe even 80 percent of southwest pilots are former military mm-hmm. that, i saw so, that yeah yeah and so that that tells you where they're coming from like yeah this oppression and tyranny with the, these the text the text that i mentioned i saw on instagram mm-hmm. that's exactly what the person had said that 80s you know that this southwest pilot was like 80 something percent of us are ex-military every one of us took an oath to uphold the constitution and that's what we're doing this is not about us taking the vaccines. Half these guys have already had it. It's about forcing people to take it. Yeah. You sent me an interesting text the other day um, about not being able to find stuff at the grocery store. And that was on the heels of I had a buddy over for, to watch the Cowboy game. And he brought his two, uh, two kids over. They're, very, they're like three and one. And we were like, do, do, he's like, do you have any juice? And I was like, yeah, I think we have some apple juice. He's like, I, I went to the store, but they're out of every juice box. Like there's no juice boxes, no Gatorades, nothing. I was like, I haven't seen that. But then yesterday I went to pick up dinner at the uh, grocery store, the little deli there. I was going to get the kids a fried catfish plate. No, they don't carry catfish anymore. Chisholm because they can't get it. Same with cornbread. Then the guy was like, yeah, we don't have catfish or cornbread. They're off the menu. We can't get them cornbread. I cannot have cornbread. This is the South fried catfish and cornbread. What, what the hell? I'm not living in a third world country, but those are signs so, of like, that's like third world problems. Can't get my catfish. That's oh, a first world problem, but you would expect that in a third world country. I don't know entirely if this is sort of the ramifications of lockdowns a year ago, just now really coming home to roost on us, or if it's m- m- more, related to whatever is going on right now. My guess is it's probably sort of the delayed effect of shutting down segments of the economy. But like, I know for sure in say the, the poultry industry, right. Which I'm actually intimately familiar with from my day job. You know, if you go back to last summer, um, I can't remember exactly what triggered it, but the long and short of it is all these. So the way the poultry supply chain works is that, you know, you might have some land up in say Maryland and you can put these big, huge chicken, coops that you know can hold uh, 20,000 30,000 chicks right uh, and you you raise them up to a very specific size and then you have a contract with your Tysons or Sanderson Farms or whoever right to sell Pilgrim's Pride Pilgrim's Pride yep Purdue Farms is huge up there Bo Pilgrim you you sell a bird of a very specific size to the processing operations they take those birds and it's all dude I mean it's it's very scientific. It's like to the day, you know, when these, this hatch of chickens is going to be 
at the appropriate size based on their feed schedule, et cetera. You send them on to, to, to the processor and they end up getting slaughtered and processed and you know ultimately end up in the grocery store. There were, man, I wish I could remember the specific, but something during that first year of this nonsense caused a lot of those contracts. To, oh, I guess it was plants getting shut down for quarantine. We had a lot right. to do with it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These I plants, remember reading man, lots of articles on that. These plant, a small chicken plant processes 250,000 chickens every day, five to six, and sometimes seven days a week, depending on the season, right? So you can imagine if a plant shuts down for one day, that's, you know, six chicken farms that are, you know, now backlogged, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's shut down for, say, a uh, half a week or a full week because of significant outbreak in their plant, what ends up happening is it only takes two or three days. And now those chickens are too fat to go through that process. They, 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 gain, they get big so fast because they're pulling yeah. them full of hormones and whatever else. So anyway, they ended up just having to slaughter chickens literally by the millions, man, by the millions. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember the course reading of about last this stuff. Insanity. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's you know, but but that's to your point. It's not just that. Now it's juice boxes, and you know, it's not just the juice itself. It's the supplies for the packaging, right? The boxes. Have you seen the price of red meat now? Yeah. Dude, I mean, welcome to Joe Biden's so America, man. I like to smoke baby back ribs, um, pretty frequently, and generally, you could go into the grocery store. Name your store in North Texas. And they, like once a week, there's a special buy one, get one free. That is not a thing anymore. Yeah. Now it's like buy one for double of what you used to buy. <laughs> right. You get two for. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, buy one for twice as much as it used to cost. And you're not allowed to buy two because you're limited to your, you know, to one rack per customer. Right. That, I mean, you know, I know like Costco's got limitations on certain goods. They did, you know, this time a year ago. And now some of them are back. Thank God deer season's here. Yeah, we'll just go get our own meat as long as mm. we can keep a adequate supply of ammunition, I guess. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, let's talk about Kamala. Kami? You mean Kamila. You pronounce Kamila. it wrong. Kamila. Mm -hmm. Dude, I just, her name just bothers me. It <laughs> sounds so... You know what bothers me? Her Adam's apple. Why does that woman have an Adam's apple? Why does her <laughs> neck look like Brian Erlacher's neck? Do you think she's taking testosterone? I think she might have been born with testosterone. I think her husband about that? gives her a shot in the ass every week. <laughs> I know she doesn't have any natural children of her own. Yeah. Which is okay. relevant to what you're about to play. So here is... I'm being ridiculous. I'm not saying she was actually born a male. Not definitively. But you never know. Right. Um, all right. I, got I know her neck is wider than her head. And she has an Adam's apple. <laughs> and let's roll with this here. Take my parents' advice, but what is the best advice your parents have given you that perhaps you can share with us today? You know, one of the most important pieces of advice that I can offer you guys, and I want you to really remember this, never let anybody tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. Never let anybody suggest to you that you are what they think you should be. You tell them who you are and who you know you are. And what you intend to be. Got that? Yes. Yeah. All right. You got that? You kids, y'all got that advice that I'm giving you? Do you have it, any of the... It sounds like... And the reason why I chose that clip is because it sounds like really good advice. But it's 
the, you find out that these actors and you're, you're going to give us some background on the video, but the way <laughs> the reason I chose that is because nobody listens to this lady. And here she is lecturing these five kids, giving them this deep, uh, you know, lifelong advice. Sounds like great advice, except for that they're paid actors and they don't give a shit. And no one else yeah. will listen to you. Literally, they had to bring people in here and pay them kids so that you could offer them advice because no one else takes you seriously. Dude, do you have, can you just play five or 10 more seconds of one of the areas where she's actually talking about space and telescopes and stuff and how just like, like literally spaced out she sounds? Do you, can you, while I talk for a second, can you try to locate that? Because like, that's great what you just played. It perfectly shows how fake the whole thing was. To your point, like end of last week, they drop on YouTube this video of Kamala Harris talking to these five kids at like the Naval Observatory about space technology, right? Which apparently she holds the position for Space Force on uh, the president's Joint Chiefs or something like that. She's, she's definitely got some sort of like oversight role in the administration over the Space Force thing, right? Yeah. This dingbat goes and, and she just like, she sounds like she's on drugs. She's just like completely clueless about the technology that they're talking about. Okay, and she's okay, okay. Like, I, found, yeah. I found something. I found something on Twitter. I haven't listened to it, but we're just going to play it because people are right. like eating this up. Here we go. Hold on. Idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other, you guys are going to see, you're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable and nothing in the in the in the the caption says when i miscalculate the microdose and start tripping midday <laughs> <laughs> caption on the tweet. oh it said 0. 0.3 grams not three grams oops <laughs> yeah dude uh, <laughs> nothing in that incoherent rambling nonsense came anywhere near a complete thought oh, the advice I award you, those everyone really in this great. room is is now dumber for having listened to it i award you no points and how may god have mercy on your soul dude <clears throat> she is the worst so so that comes out at the end of last week and i it came across my radar and i listened to it and i mean you can just hear how she's just she has the biggest like the biggest puffed up gigantic uncarryable sack of nothing of any human being in America right now. And so that alone was just annoying, right? But then give it 48 hours and sleuths across America discover the whole thing was staged. That the five kids she was talking to who were like pretended like they were eating it up. You heard one of them talking at the beginning with a clearly scripted question. They were actors. Paid child actors. One they of the kids for the for the parts. yeah, absolutely. They had to audition for it. One of the kids' dads put it on blast. To everybody like, hey, yeah, my son's a child actor. He's been trying to get in this forever. I wonder. So she flew to California. Well, he last. just got his son canceled. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Kid won't be working in Hollywood ever again. Right. She went to California like two weeks ago, and it was strange because there were reports like Kamala Harris makes like unplanned sort of short notice trip to Cal- California. Nobody knows why. I, th- this happened there. I assume they were videoing this stupid thing there. But dude, she just uh, when but you're you going to see the this, craters with your own eyes. Just- right. I saw an article, I think, from Yahoo News that was like, you know, you're going to get to see these craters of the moon with your own eyes. And it's like, despite the fact that you can look up in the sky and see craters of the moon with your naked eye, like, right. you don't need a telescope for that. Kamila, have you ever gone outside and looked at the moon? Do you have enough awareness and, you know, interest? Is she a robot? In uh, she's definitely a political robot. Like yeah. A cyborg. Yeah. Maybe? But like- she's a severely malfunctioning one, which you can see every I think that's why that's why speaking. I think she's a robot, because she she can't like have uh common like intellect like, right she has no ability like, to go outside of her program. here's a tough right. question what's your response laugh right <laughs> yeah like, here's a seriously tough question about like people dying and stuff and i've never <laughs> been to europe either <laughs> you haven't <sighs> been to the border no but i've never Man, been to europe she is the worst i don't I still don't think she's been to the border no well she's went to el paso Right. Not where the border crisis is happening. She went to El Paso. And so she gets to check that box because technically that's a border town. Um, man, it, when you look at that with what we've already talked about, Biden getting his shot on a fake soundstage. Uh, and then I saw an article last week where, uh, you know, the left was trying to spin that is Republicans pounce on, you know, staged injection to. Blah, blah. It's like, no, we don't understand. Like, we don't understand why this is such a fake administration that Kamala Harris is pretending to have a clue about space exploration and paying child actors to come put out a puff piece. You know what else? So apparently they have a YouTube uh, page, right? Uh, the, the whitehouse.gov has its own YouTube feed, right? You know, when he was getting booed, Biden was getting booed at the congressional baseball game. Mm. You can watch actual footage of that and hear him getting booed. You go to the .gov, the White House's YouTube page, and they have they have overlaid cheering, wild applause and cheering and like chants for him. They're actually they're actually doctoring videos, let alone making up fake ones like, you know, booster shots and <sighs> and and, you know, 14 year olds looking through telescopes. I don't like the fact that every day in my life is like. Harkening to 1984. I agree, dude. It, it makes it. it I. I they're, they can't they, help but think it's part of this like, mind-breaking style. I've never seen anyone cheering for Biden ever. Ne- right, never. Where, where are these people never. cheering for him? Even at the peak of the election last year, it was so abundantly clear nobody showed up for him. There was a he gave a speech the other day in Michigan, and the audio of this like dozen people that showed up being forced. They were just like, yeah, like it was so pathetic, so <laughs> horribly pathetic. And you juxtapose that against you know. Let's go, oh. Brandon. Right. Oh, I thought you were saying which how, has become how people show out for Trump rallies or for sure that, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude. Which why won't he just go away? I, uh, I do think I was thinking about this yesterday, man. We're at some kind of fever pitch with this thing where the left and all, all facets of it, the left within government, the left within media, the left within social media, which are all part of one big, you know, integrated cabal, as we know. They seem to know that they're really up against a wall. And it's like the amount of chaos that they're creating to try to keep people from seeing what's going down here. 
just to me shows that they're in full blown panic mode. Again, full blown panic. Why mode. did His Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp go off, go down, go offline for eight hours last week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they've been trying to, they've been trying to suppress, you know, these protests in Rome, these protests in the UK, these protests in North, New wait, York. Wait, 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 wait. What, what protests in the ones exactly. in France? What? How would anyone exactly. know? They don't. The news doesn't put it out there. Exactly. And then when it truly comes home in an undeniable way, when a whole bunch of Southwest Airlines pilots say, "Screw you, we won't do what you tell us." You know, it becomes, oh, it's a weather thing that only affects this one airline. Fuck you. Like, I won't do what you tell me. That's right. My favorite. You, some of my favorite memes. Me. Some of my Rage, favorite Rage memes. Rage Against the Machine wrote that song from a complete. They, they were very progressive leftists. Yep. To me, that's now a rallying cry for the right. It's funny how that song was written 20 years ago. 100%. From man. that perspective. And here we are. You know, it, you know, the it's very just same like, people and I think who, we made the same point uh, with uh, that movie V for Vendetta. Same. Written from a, a hardcore leftist standpoint, yep. that film. Same with a song. Yep. And now here we are, and everything's flipped. 100%, man. 100%. It is the authoritarian left that is the scary uh, demon specter at this time. And I'm not, you know, both of us agree. There is an authoritarian right, but it's not the one that's threatening to take this country over. So here's, and the place where I see this the most is Twitter. There are people... So many millions of people that still think we are the Nazis and that Trump was Hitler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how, no, what, I mean they, how because are these they people's don't. People's minds so warped that they don't understand that you, they. You know what? They've they're already indoctrinated. It's too late for them. They well, they are the Gestapo. Sure. Socially, well, the, the, the the social media Gestapo. That's who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. I mean, just look at. We've, I'm sure we've talked about this, but. They're for segregation. Antifa is supposed to stand for anti-fascist. And then they march through the streets of Portland in uni black uniforms with shields and helmets. And they firebomb and they beat people up, sometimes even shoot and kill people on behalf of their beliefs. And they're the anti-fascists. Just because they're left wing and anti and fascists are supposed to be right wing. You know, again, Nazis, they call Nazis right wingers. You know what the word Nazi stood for? Nationalist Socialist Party. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the American left does has done is ditch the nationalist part because they believe in open borders and they don't believe in a state to begin with, which is going to work out really well when their revolution comes to fruition. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, dude, it's they're full of it. Uh, they have no sense of history whatsoever. They're no, they, clearly they the authoritarians. Do. They just rewrite it. That's what they do. Well, they're definitely using the same exact tactics that were used by the Nazis and the you know leftist communists to you know brainwash a society. They're definitely using the same stuff right now against anti-vaxxers and uh, you know parents who are upset about critical race theory and anything else you can name. Yeah, we'll do. We'll get to that now. Uh, yeah. But like rewriting history, that's exactly what they did two weeks ago with that video where they overlaid the, the chance for Biden. Like, right. Dude, every Saturday in America, it's college football stadiums full of fuck Joe Biden. Yep. There are no cheers for Biden. No. No. I, dude, uh, you know, I'm, uh, polling right now. Do you believe any of these polls? I mean, the polls were proven abundantly wrong in the 2016 election. They were proven wrong again even last year. You can say what you want. Oh, he oh, lost, dude. Yeah, yeah but he I'm was supposed to lose up. by a landslide if you buy those polls at all, and that didn't happen, right? Right now, who's you the know, blonde reporter that, that always holds 
Saki's feet to the fire. The dude. Uh, from Fox. Um, I think so. I like that guy. Yeah, he's on the tip of my I'm tongue. surprised they even ever let him get a question in. But he asked yeah. her he asked her about the approval ratings of it was it was like thirty nine percent lower than right. any yeah. point in Trump's presidency. Yep. And you know what her response was? Well, we still have twenty percent of Americans yeah. that aren't vaccinated. Right. The guy's like, I'm asking you about his approval what rating. Yeah. What what does the unvaxxed have to do with that? Uh, what does right. it have to do with that? Nothing. I did I will say I saw an article about that where they had Anytime you see an ellipsis in print, and that's like three dots, right? Or four dots. That means something was left out. Mm. The actual video, if you've watched it, is actually, she puts a lot more context in there. So I, I will say, I can't stand Jen Psaki, but she was done. She was played a little bit by, you know, conservatives in the way that they framed that conversation. She went into a lot more detail about all the problems that the country is facing much of which they blame on COVID after like 30 or 45 seconds of explanation of this, 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 and this, she's like, and then we still only have, you know, 80% of the, the population vaccinated. So it's not as though she said, like the first thing I saw was she literally went straight to the fact that, yeah, the reason that polling is so low is because we still have 20% of America unvaccinated. That's not what happened. But to your point, she didn't take a shred of ownership. Everything was blaming. Everything was finger pointing about things that were outside of his control. Well, you and know, Chisholm. What was it recently where like the the script was completely flipped? Like I, I'm drawing a blank here, but like, oh, it was defund the police. That's oh, what it was yeah, yeah. Like, well, okay, now you're up there saying that it's the right that wanted to defund the police, right? Right. What are you yeah. talking about? No, I, I think I've t I think we've talked about this before, but that all the left does is project their misbehavior and malfeasance onto the right period, end of story, doesn't matter what topic it is. Again, the idea that Antifa stands for anti-fascism, laughable, you know, uh, claims of racism. Meanwhile, the left is advocating for segregation of college graduations and college dormitories. Sounds like y'all are the racists, right? Like you can go down separate, the list. Separate every, but equal national anthems. Everything they attack, the Republicans, the conservatives, the right, whatever you want to call it for, they're doing period end of story man they talk about all this violence perpetrated on people of color from right wingers meanwhile the single single biggest killers killer of black americans is planned parenthood statistically like that's all there is to it planned parenthood a leftist organization propped up and funded by leftists founded by a leftist eugenicist which by the way so was woodrow wilson the godfather of the american progressive movement President Woodrow Wilson during World War One era. That guy's name was on a building at Yale until like this past summer. They're they're eugenicists. They are racist. They project that all over the right when in fact it's because they're doing it. And it's all about misdirection, man. You're a Nazi. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yes, clearly, I'm a Nazi. Uh, let's talk about weaponizing the DOJ. Because this is... Yeah. Um, as a parents, we've we've got seven kids between us. Man, my kids go to public school. It hasn't happened here, but it has happened in South Lake, which is a stone's throw away, where the the parents stood up and said, "No, fuck you! You are not going to teach critical race theory to our kids. You are not going to tell our kids that they are racist. You're not going to punish our kids for something that somebody did 200 years ago." You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, and. And, and, and in doing so, 
teach those kids to be segregationist, to be racist, right? Right. To understand Ibram X. Kendi's mandate. I know we've talked about him. Ibram X. Kendi literally wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Well, according to critical race theory and the woke progressive left, it's not enough to say I'm not a racist person and to do what Mal- what Martin Luther King asked of us, which is to judge people not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. They say, no, 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 no. You have to see a person's blackness, brownness, whatever it would be. And you have to make certain assumptions about them and proceed accordingly. So Ibram X. Kendi actually says in his book that the cure to past uh, discrimination is present discrimination. In other words, the only way to fix the sins of this country's past is to flip the tables and discriminate against white people. And it's abundantly clear that's going on in some of these schools, right? And the key to cleaning up present discrimination is future discrimination. So he's just saying, we're just going to keep doing this in perpetuity. And, And they're all like, yep, we're on board. You've killed all the progress because this country was trending in a direction uh, like where you didn't see color. And I've told you, like, I use that analogy going to 7-Eleven. I see a black guy now. I'm like, do I need to acknowledge his blackness? Is he offended by my whiteness? Before it was just like, hey, head nod. What's up? Hey, bro. You know? Yeah, well, and to your point, I mean, getting to the kind of crux here. Uh, I, I see I see just as many on my Instagram feed and everywhere I look, I see just as many people of color, to use their terminology, standing up against critical race theory in these schools as I do white parents, man. Like, n- nobody's down with this. That's why the polling on it is like 65% of this country disapproves of it. And my guess would be that at least 15 more percent don't know what it means yeah. and haven't truly been exposed to it. They're only, you know, they're just too lost in their own little worlds to try to pay attention to anything beyond it. If you it's guys didn't unpopular. see Bill Maher's uh, debate with Ben Shapiro, well, and then the, I forget the other guy's name, but uh, we played people. it. Yeah. I would encourage you to go listen to that because that was the best, I think, uh, explanation of the pros and cons of critical race theory that I've heard and coming from from Bill Maher. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, good one. You, you want to really know it. how you want to really know what it's all about and um, and, and its roots and all that. You got to look up uh, this pastor. Oh, man, I almost had his name and I went too far. Uh Vodi Bauckham, V-O-D-D-I-E-B-A-U-C-H-U-M, I believe is the guy's name. Reverend Vodi Bauckham. That dude, he's a, he's a black pastor who is starting a, 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 actually a, like a Christian university in Africa. He moved his whole family to Africa to start this basically mission, right? But he's, uh, he's like raised in California, but originally from Texas and moved back to Texas and was a pastor in Texas for a long time. So, I mean, you know, you can just tell listening to him that, you know, we have more in common with that dude than we have with anybody on the West coast period, end of story. And, and, and he admits that going through, you know, college and graduate school, he was pretty staunch, like, uh, you know, kind of progressive leftist when it came to these racial issues. And then he started to understand and see the foundations of it. So he can take you all the way back to the late eighties and the, you know, that first like development of these ideas in, uh, at Harvard law school and all that stuff, that dude can give a dissertation on this stuff. He did a talk with Glenn Beck this summer, on Glenn Beck's podcast and radio show. That's where I first got introduced him to him where, uh, man, he's probably the most articulate person who can really explain to you the roots of it, what it's designed at, how it's a Marxist I- ideology. Vody Bauckham. Yeah. Bauckham. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, uh, in my opinion, it's, you know, it's longer than that little clip from uh, Bill Maher, but let's get back to the FBI declaring war on 
parents as domestic this isn't the first time that biden has weaponized the doj though i mean in the in his oh, short presidency his predecessor the- from the democratic party uh uh lord obama um did it on multiple occasions uh but you know i can guarantee you i can find a clip of biden saying he wasn't going to do that before he was elected of course you can they don't no. they don't they don't announce to the country that they plan to go after parents for <laughs> standing up what they believe is right yeah they don't do that till they've already got power but much like <sighs> the southwest airlines pilots parents across the country are showing up and showing out at school board meetings and they're raising hell Right. Righteously angry. Yeah. Yes. Being yes. being shouted down by these council members, um, being trying to be silenced and just refusing, just saying, no, my time is not up. I'm going to stand here. You're going to listen to me. You shut your mouths. You know, like they're angry. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, rightfully so. Does that mean they should be threatening anybody with violence? Absolutely not. Right. But they should absolutely be able to express their outrage over the things that are being taught. And so to that end, we touched on it during our last episode. I got to stop moving my desk. <clears throat> shaking the camera about two weeks ago i know i was about a, to have a seizure <laughs> sorry about two weeks ago a um a national organization that sort of lobbies on behalf of stu- of, of uh, um, education school boards mm-hmm. formally petitioned the administration and the department of justice to use the patriot act to fight against threats of intim- you know, intimidation and threats of violence against these protesting parents all across the country. That alone was newsworthy worthy enough. Like it might immediately top of my head popped off when I was like, are you here we go. We you and I have been talking on this show for the last six months about the use of, you know, basically anti-terrorism techniques, the things that we had we tolerated and put it up, put up with when it was supposedly you know, foreign terrorists being housed in Guantanamo and being bombed over in Afghanistan, including innocent people. We, we all sort of just let that happen for the last 20 years. And anybody who was paying attention to it was saying, y'all just wait. This is going to come home to roost. They're going to use these tactics to surveil us. The second version of the Patriot Act literally gave the government the authority to do just that, right? When they renewed the Patriot Act, they added further surveillance measures against American citizens. It was used against the Trump organization during his first campaign in 2016 to monitor his uh, campaign personnel under completely un- like you know fraudulent auspices, as we've already detailed with the Sussman indictment and the yeah. Clinton campaign, right? Now- I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on that deal. A few, uh, me too. A few days after this lobbyist group asked the DOJ to get involved, sure enough, Merrick Garland issues a memorandum and the DOJ a press release outlining what they're going to do. So let me share that <clears throat> from the Justice Department press release. This is from the justice.gov, okay? The United States Department of Justice on October 4th, which was last Monday. According to Attorney General's memorandum, the Justice Department will launch a series of additional efforts in the coming days designed to ad- address the rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. Criminal conduct doesn't say violence. Those efforts are expected to include the creation of a task force consisting of representatives from the department's criminal division, national security division, national security, civil rights division, the executive office for U.S. attorneys, the FBI community relations service and the office of justice programs to determine how federal enforcement tools can be used to prosecute these crimes 
and ways to assist state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement where threats of violence may not, whoa, where threats of violence may not constitute federal crimes. Where is, okay. First point, <clears throat> open your copy of the United States Constitution and you will see in clear and unequivocal terms that police powers are delegated to the states and states alone. Right. If you listen to people who are educated and aware of these types of issues, you'll know that going all the way back to, um, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, J. Edgar Hoover and his creation of the FBI, that the FBI really shouldn't even exist because the United States government as a federal entity is not supposed to have police powers. It's a state issue. And when you just think about what we're talking about here, if a crazy nut job shows up at a school board hearing and is literally threatening the safety of the school board members, no matter how egregious their conduct and the kind of nonsense they're trying to teach in those schools, then the local sheriff's department and the local city PD should absolutely apprehend that person for making, you know, threats of violence, terroristic threats, whatever you, whatever charge there may be. Right. So for the feds to get involved in the first place is in my opinion, opinion, a gross unconstitutional power grab. Right. Not to mention, again, they're doing so using their the people who lobbied for this wanted these folks to be labeled domestic violent extremists. Right. Right. Which is so been i.e. you and I cons parents that have cons traditional conservative values. Terrorist. 100 percent. You, you show up the school right. board and you disagree with the curriculum that they're trying to indoctrinate your kids with terrorist. Yep. If they make you mad enough. They can just lump you in with the people who broke windows out of the Capitol on January 6th, mm -hmm. right? So they don't define it. Like, like in, in mm, one of the things worse, that, dude. that stood out in, the, in the, what you just read is, where's the definition of violence in there? Of any of this. So, so it, um, is what, it's, it is what we say it is when we say it is. Sen Senator Josh Hawley. So here's the first sentence. Citing to an increase in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school board members, teachers, and workers in our nation's public schools. Today, Merrick Garland, uh, yeah, had this meeting with these 30, or, you know, set a meeting so. within 30 days, whatever. So to your point, harassment and intimidation. Threats of violence seems fairly clear to me, right? If you're making a threat of violence, I'm then you're making a terrorist, okay, ter terrorist threat. But what does harassment and intimidation mean? And what kind of laws do we have on the books that would put a person in federal jail have them be apprehended or, or, or even just surveilled by the FBI for, quote, harassment and intimidation. Is raising my same, voice and acting really angry that is, is that the definition? Oh, exactly, dude. The same Megyn Kelly episode I've just talked about, the first half of that episode two weeks ago, she plays an audio clip of a mom in Fairfax County, Virginia, which Watched has been it, one of the it. hotbed items. Yeah, you, you checked it out? Yeah. This mom found a book in the fair in one of the Fairfax Fairfax high schools. And she sat there and read from it and refused to be silenced when she, they were told, ma'am, there are children here. She goes, I know. And there are children in that school and you're not going to shout me down, shut up and let me have my time basically. But she read where a, <laughs> this book was basically promoting sexual acts, blowjobs in particular between a grown man and a teenage boy. What, Dude, I'm not for book banning or book burning, but what in the hell? Why does is that in their library? pedophilia have any? Why does that have any place in a, in a high school library? That's a crime yeah. and rightfully so. Right. So anyway, her, she was furious, dude. Absolutely furious. They tried to shout her down. She just shouted right back. 
At what point does that reach the stage of, to your point, harassment and intimidation? Well, getting back to the definitions. Don't worry. Merrick Garland's got your back on that. Paragraph, second to last paragraph. The Justice Department will also create specialized training and guidance for local school boards and school administrators. This training will help school board members and other potential victims understand the type of behavior that constitutes threats, how to report threatening conduct to the appropriate law enforcement agencies, and how to capture and preserve evidence of threatening conduct to aid in the investigation and prosecution of these crimes. Threatening conduct. The Justice Department is going to teach school boards and administrators across the country what exactly constitutes threatening conduct conduct. If that doesn't have alarm bells ringing in your brain, you don't have much of a functional brain. That should be terrifying, especially since the Mm -hmm. left in this country calls words themselves violence. Right. That's why Ben Shapiro isn't allowed to talk on 90% of the college campuses. Oh, and incidentally, if he does show up at one of those those, those colleges, they throw stuff at him and commit actual violence against him because they say his words are violence. So the very party that believes that words themselves can be violence. They don't even mention violence in there. They're just talking about threats. How or, or blurred written, written does the line too, become? Because I, uh, I, I found this really cool picture of this albino rattlesnake, put it on my page and said, if I saw it, I'd make a nice hat band out of it. And, you know, implying I would kill it. Yeah. I didn't kill the snake, but I got banned from Facebook for a week for saying that I would kill the snake. Right. I got what? I'm sorry. Did I did I kill the snake? N- no, I didn't. I said I I would. Banned. Words. Yeah. Well, how was uh, the de- how was the devil represented in Genesis as a snake? Uh, yeah. And and what is Silicon Valley but a whole bunch of dude? Uh, so, uh, what I can uh, tell. Part of this whole deal, why why parents are so angry is the pornography is like becoming normalized in society and. I mean, if you just look it up, porn in schools or porn in curriculum, uh, the first thing that popped up, and this is a story from uh, July of, of 2021, a first grade teacher at an elite uh, New York private school was teaching pornography literacy, literacy by, um, <laughs> she showed first graders a cartoon about ma- masturbation. Like, what parent is okay with that. Aren't you supposed to have that talk with your kids? It isn't the school's job. Like, okay, yeah, seventh grade, this is how the this is the birds and the bees. This is how humans are created, right? But we don't need to teach first grade. First graders don't even know what their dick's for. So much of all of this interconnects in ways that is so it's hard. It's being normalized, though. It, for, dude, for sure. And you, we can go back to um the transgender book review we did i was just gonna say Abigail Schreier. this epidemic of transgendering dude this, this fbi intervention is not about angry parents threatening violence against anybody it's about the state's belief that they have the right to, to be the sole educators of children in this country man to your point they're working actively against us man when they go off to college there are universities all across the country that say if your parents aren't bought into these ideals you just need to get away from them because they're Oh, this is Maoism, dude. This is exactly what a communist revolution looks like. You have to you have to break an entire generation or two away from the traditions of their forefathers and foremothers in order to create this new path forward. Man, this is 
This is so obvious what they're doing. And this attempt to, to demonize and, and intimidate parents into backing down, hopefully is only going to, you know, antagonize them more, much like, you know, what the South Southwest Airlines pilots are doing. Dude, let me throw, run, run through a couple of things. Again, Megan Kelly, that lady's brilliant. Everybody should be listening to her. She pulled her kids this past year out of New York City. You know, she's been in Manhattan since forever, since she was on Fox News, right? She's a born and raised New Yorker, so is her husband. They pulled their kids out of this fancy private school they had them in, and they've moved to, I think, upstate, and they may be moving again from there. But she said she was talking about it. I started listening to her show shortly after it started about a year ago. And this thing was ramping up. She still had her kids in those, that school, right? And she was talking about all the woke indoctrination that she would personally go push back against. Then her son, so, so <laughs> there was a moment where this transgender education stuff had teachers asking boys and girls, do you still feel like a boy or girl today? And there was enough backlash Why from parents. Why are they fucking with these kids? There was enough backlash from parents in that moment that the school said they would stop. And a month or two goes by and Megan remembers and asks her son, hey, has there been any more of that weird stuff? She And his, her son's like, yeah, they asked me literally every Friday if I still feel like a boy. And they were like, nope, we're done. Pulled their kids out of this. God knows how expensive, allegedly ultra, you know, elite institution moved her family out of Manhattan because of that indoctrination crap, right? A buddy of mine sends, us last, sends a group text last night. Did you know that Superman is now uh, bisexual? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. DC no. Comics announced, uh, I think just yesterday, that the next uh, series of the Superman comics, uh, Superman's by now. Technically, I think it's Superman's son, who's like the new Superman. So, so Clark Kent and Lois Lane get married, have a baby, and that boy has superpowers. He's bisexual. And they've already got art out, you know, graphics out showing him making out with a dude. Uh, what is more... <laughs> what is more <laughs> and then in california i think i saw this from your what's thread. more demat like i can't think of anything that would represent Mer virtuous masculinity than being gay <laughs> like this yeah. says superhero i'm gonna save you it's inclusive. First, let me make out it's with inclusive, this guy. bro. It's inclusive <laughs> you can't just make up a new superhero who was by from the start you got to make you know, a legendary 70 year old character by because that's called inclusion. Uh, the last I think you had put out there was the state of California, Governor uh, Vampire, Vampire Count Newsom has outlawed stores from having gender specific toy aisles. All toy, toy aisles are now gender neutral mm -hmm. because, you know, a fraction of a third or so of a percent of children end up trans and we need to delete the concept of gender identity, you know, gender. Why are they ending up trans is my question. Why? Yeah, because they're being brainwashed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here's my, here's my question for you on that point. Why do we need to turn kids trans? What, where's, what's the end game there? Like, why are we doing this? Dude. What, what was wrong with just like a boy and a girl? And then, okay, I'm 18 years old. I'm a little fucked up in my head. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm really, am. okay, I get it. You're 18. Dude, do, you be you. Like we always say, you have one life to live. I don't care. Great. Be a tranny. I got, I got 15 minutes left. Um, so if you want to go there, let's go there. 
Okay. We started probably six months ago showing through this show people how, you know, the FBI frames terrorists. Oh, by the way, you can bet your ass that within the next six months, you're going to see the FBI claim to have arrested a, quote, violent domestic terrorist who was making threats against a school board. You can bet your ass. And I would bet money it'll be bullshit, just like the New York Times article that I've linked in past conversations on our website and a hundred other incidences, incidences in the post-terrorist, you know, post-9-11 era where the FBI framed somebody, the Michigan, uh, what are they called? The Wolverine, the, uh, the Michigan kidnapping plot, which was clearly undeniably an FBI plot to frame those guys just to give themselves both something to do and a reason to be spying on people, right? As long yeah, as like they have talked about. A, hey, a scalp every now and then, these then they the, can justify these are the prohibition era agents. <laughs> this, this is what you're going to see, man. With nothing to do. They're going to find some dupe who's really mad about stuff, and they're going to egg him on until he says something really stupid, and then they're going to be able to take him down, and then they're going to hang that scalp up in front of Congress and say, see, we got you a terror, a domestic terrorist. Let us keep monitoring this whole situation nationwide. Anyway, getting back to your question, dude. Why? My point is, we have been towing into what many people would dismiss as conspiracy theories. The difference between what we've been talking about so far and a conspiracy theory nut job is that we always bring our, you know, we bring our sources, right? Like I can, I can link for everybody to leftist news organizations, let alone conservative news organizations that report on these. These are actual conspiracies. Like how Hillary Clinton framed Trump for being meddling in Russia. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's an actual conspiracy, which mm. is a crime. Conspiracy to commit fraud. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but what you ask me goes into the realm of theory, right? I can't back this up with a source, a citation. But I think it's abundantly clear if you just, well, I can. I can point you all to Ted Turner talking about how desperately we needed to get the global population down to like six or 700 million people. So a tenfold, a greater than tenfold decrease in the world population if we're going to save ourselves from climate change. Bill Gates saying the same kind of crap. Bill Gates in 2014 Satan. giving a TED talk where he explained that he's going to mass vaccinate the nation of or the, the continent of Africa and that by doing so, they'll have less babies because supposedly when you have better increased health care, people naturally have less babies. Meanwhile, He's been accused on multiple occasions, as we've documented, of accidentally sterilizing mass populations in Africa with experimental vaccine vaccines. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very strange to me that vaccinations are going to cause a population decrease when they help people live longer and more healthier, supposedly. Meanwhile, in many instances, they're actually sterilizing people. So they definitely are having an impact on future reproduction, right? Which, which we, look we know at, that these vaccines today, the COVID vaccines, can affect the woman's menstruation and reproductive, you know, cycle. So, hundred percent. There's that. hundred percent. There's also a tremendous rate of miscarriages and all sorts of other problems that nobody's willing to tell us about. When you look at the pair, the, the panic over climate change, it's dude. The, the the simple truth is, and you you don't often hear them tie it so perfectly in a bow, but. The only way to combat climate change, human man-made climate change, assuming it's a, a fact, is to have less people because we're going to use fuel sources. We're, we're, we're just always going to. 
we're too dependent on those fuel sources for modern technology, period, end of story. That, you look at Planned Parenthood, right? And other abortion advocates wanting to be able to abort children up to 40 weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. right? Full, full grown, ready to be born babies. They want to be able to tear those babies limb from limb from inside the womb. And, you know, Governor Ralph Northam in Virginia even wants to be able to say, well, if the baby accidentally ends up born alive, but we were going to abort it, we'll just lay it and make it comfortable while we talk to the parents about what to do. What do you mean what to do? You have a baby in the world now. Seems like not saving it would be uh, murder, right? Right. <clears throat> in my opinion, if you're in your third trimester, it's murder in the womb. But set that aside. Transgender, dude, they're, they're chemically castrating little girls and boys with puberty blockers. We've, we've been through this, man. Yeah. And the most leftist progressive pockets of America right now, they're willing to give a 12-year-old puberty blockers and put a little girl at 14 years old on testosterone, which will almost indefinitely cause them to be infertile, right? It's just one. And then, and then those that they can't convince are actually in the wrong body. They're trying to basically convince them, uh, you know, like the San Francisco gay men's choir uh, who admitted they're going to indoctrinate everybody's kids into, you know, gay culture and gay lifestyle. I listened to this one pad podcast with these two old school feminist ladies called the Fem Splainers. These are ladies from the 60s and 70s, right? Who lived through like the civil rights era, right? And who were like old school liberal, I guess, progressives on the feminist front who were looking at this trans thing and going, what in the hell are we doing? Right? They're, they're, they would be described as TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. This lady had a woman on... <laughs> so many freaking definitions. Oh, dude. Dave Chappelle. Listen to oh. Dave Chappelle. Watch Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special. He, he, said, he says in it, we watched it last night. He's like, because you know what the trans community does when they need to win an argument? They just make up new words. Like, <laughs> spot on, dude. Spot on. Dude, he took so much heat this week for that, and I loved his response. He's like, you're going to cancel me? Fuck you. I don't care. Yep. I'm yeah. too big to cancel. Uh, whatever. He's like, I'm a comedian. I'm going to make fun of trans people. Fuck off. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has like a 30% score on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and a 95% positive score among, the, about, among just the random, you know how like Rotten Tomatoes breaks into right. critic score versus just the populist score? The fan, yeah. The flip side of that is true. Have you seen the new scene? There is a new Fauci documentary. Disney, Disney Plus has an on has a streaming Fauci documentary that basically makes him out to be a superhero. It has a ninety one percent score from the critics and a two percent two percent score from the general population. Two percent, and the commentary from people who have con- the five hundred plus reviewers who have commented is hilarious. Uh, one of them is like, "I didn't see the part where they talked about gain of function. They seem to have edited that out." Well, anyway, they, you man. know, they overlaid the cheers in there. So that's right. Uh, that Dave Chappelle stuff is, is quite hilarious. But oh, I, so these Femsplainer ladies, they have this lady on who wrote a book last year about toxic masculinity and rape culture in online dating. So this broad from Manhattan, she's a columnist for like Vogue or something like that. Right. And she wrote this book about her terrible misadventures in the online dating world using Bumble and uh, all those swipe apps, right? Mm-hmm. She put on her profile that she was down with casual sex. And then, oh, surprisingly, like one out of every three or four guys who hit her up wanted to screw. 
And guess what? She did screw a few of them and then like felt really bad about it because it wasn't very good and it didn't go very well. And so this old school feminist lady is like, you know, is it really a sign of rape culture? If you put yourself out as being down with random sex and then you get guys. Yeah. Yeah. You get guys like hitting you up for random sex and that's a sign of rape culture. And this woman was like, you're victim blaming, blah, 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 blah. But along the way, like it was the most anim- like animus, like hostile interview I think I've ever listened to. It was hilarious. This woke ass lefty was spouting all of the, you know, all of the, all of the magic words and clearly just completely out of her element. But she said something about how she's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a straight cisgender female as unfortunate as Again, that is. What, what she, is cis, why is cisgender a word? Because as Dave I'm Chappelle just a straight out, woman. <laughs> Dave Chappelle apparently is DTF with any random guy. I've, I swipe on Bumble <laughs> to fix their past oppression. They're now oppressing people by creating new names. Right. But this this lady expressed great remorse and frustration with the fact That's that she was naturally poor. She was naturally <laughs> attracted to men like she basically said how much she envies gay and trans people because that's like the cool kid crew. And unfortunately she's just not down. And you know, the lady was like, why is that a bad thing? Like not, not that there's anything wrong with gay and trans transgender people, but like you're sitting here saying you're like slightly unhappy because you don't get to be like fully in the club. That's the stupidest freaking thing I've ever heard. Right. That's the mentality of these woke progressives, man. And to the point about this transgender stuff, there are parents in this country who love the idea of confusing the shit out of their three-year-old because they think they're being progressive, right? They're doing it on purpose, right? Giving them deliberately amorphous names and telling them from as soon as they can understand, you'll get to pick your name once you figure out your own gender. They think they're being like you compassionate. Figure out your own gender. Yeah. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> but hey, oh no, know. but we're the party of science. I love that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, do you have a dick or not, kid? <laughs> There's your answer. Science. Gone you got to hang down. Well, yeah. Rape culture. We got to leave it with that. I got to jump. One note here that Chisholm and I forgot, and I'm splicing this in uh, in production, is that there's a serious conflict of interest for Merrick Garland. Uh, his son is named... Yan Tanner, Ian, Yan, I, I don't know who spells their name, X-A-N, but that's his name. He is the co-founder of Panorama Education, which supports critical race theory curricula while serving 23,000 schools in the nation. Major conflict of interest there when the son-in-law stands to benefit financially off of critical race theory being taught in public schools. So just keep that important note in mind as well. That is a wrap for episode 50. Five. Oh, justified pursuit. Here's to another 50 episodes. And uh, um, you guys have a great rest of the week. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to Justified Pursuit, and we will see you next week. Everybody stand up and fight back.